It is the Preacher's Podcast for the fourth Sunday in the season of Advent in year A. Uh, We are continuing our series, or actually concluding it today. Come Lord Jesus has been our theme through this Advent season. We are thinking of our Savior's Advent as King, as Judge, as Messiah, and today as Emmanuel. I'm John Mitchell from Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary. Our preachers for this series have been and are today still Pastor Joel Heckendorf from Light of the Valleys Lutheran Church in Reno, Nevada, and Pastor John Scharf from Abiding Grace Lutheran Church in Covington, Georgia. And with us for today's episode is Professor Bill Tackmeyer of Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary. Professor Tackmeyer teaches Old Testament and homiletics. So Joel, John, Bill, thank you for serving us today. Uh, Joel Heckendorf, let's go to you first. The final Sunday theme in this worship series is Come Lord Jesus as Emmanuel. Could you give us some quick thoughts on that emphasis for this week? Sure. I I mean, the word Emmanuel is just such a rich word. And, you know, you could go so many different directions with this text that's before us, but to really hone in on that word, which stresses that, that he is a with us God and and how, you know, why would God ever want to be with us in the first place when you have the context of Joseph and Mary and, and you, you see some possible scandal? You know, that's maybe a reflection of our world today, too, that why would a God ever want to come to a scandalous world? Or you can draw in the, the, the original context of that, that word, Emmanuel, from the Old Testament. You have a rebell, rebellious people. And, and yet, why would a God want to be with us? And so really honing in on, on the with us God, the way that, that Matthew paints it here is, is uh, something that I, I think will, will just uh, flow so beautifully. And, and maybe this comes up later too, but to, to tie in, I think of the, the hymn, uh, Peace Came to Earth, you know, the, the last line, who could but gasp, Emmanuel. But then the flip side, who could but sing, Emmanuel. So you kind of have that, that mystery of Emmanuel, God with us, but you also have that joy of God with us. Great. Yeah, thank you for those thoughts. So Emmanuel, the lectionary kind of pointing us toward that theme this Sunday, um, highlighted by Matthew, the quote from Isaiah. Uh, Speaking of which, let's get uh, uh, to the other readings for this Sunday. Uh, John Scharf, could you Give us a summary of the other readings. The gospel of the day will be our text from Matthew 1, but uh, can you bring us up to speed on the other two readings and how they connect with that gospel? Absolutely. You know, as always, the gospel leads the way in our thematic thought for the day, and the other readings serve it. The, the first reading is the Old Testament prophecy quoted in the gospel from Isaiah 7, Judah's you know, proud King Ahaz was in a world of hurt. Aram and Ephraim stacked against him, both of whom had already defeated his army previously individually, and now they were aligned. He, you know, stood no, no chance until God stepped in and made a promise and told Ahaz, name your sign. And Ahaz uh, didn't want his help. He refused. God gave a sign anyway, not just of Israel's deliverance in battle, but the deliverance of humankind from sin and death. The sign was a virgin with child. Emmanuel, God would take flesh, God with us. And then in the epistle, uh, Paul's introductory words to the Romans, calling himself an apostle set apart for the gospel of God that he promised about his son, who is true man, descendant of David, true God, proven by his resurrection. He's Emmanuel, God with us by becoming man for us. 
And I always like to look at the psalm too, not as a preaching text, but to remind the hearers why we sang that psalm today. And I think this one gives a, a wonderful turn of phrase that kind of highlights the concept uh, of Emmanuel, God keeping his promise of coming to be with us, true God and true man. The, the psalm sings of God's love forever, uh, the cause of his promise and his faithfulness. Uh, I can see quoting that in my sermon, you know, I'll sing of the Lord's great love forever. I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. Uh, so there you have it. Come Lord Jesus as, as Emmanuel, uh, God with us. Thank you. Yeah, I think that the set of selected readings for this Sunday really do uh, emphasize that. Of course, Isaiah, but Romans too, as you pointed out, John, the Son of God taking flesh for us, uh, being with us in our humanity, sharing in that with us. Well, let's go to the sermon text then for this week, Matthew 1, 18 through 25. And Bill Tackmeyer, I'll turn things over to you to get us thinking more about that text uh, for our consideration this week. Sure. This text comes near the beginning of Matthew's gospel. And the only thing that really goes before it is that genealogy uh, highlighting for us uh, Jesus' human genealogy. Um, but then focuses in on that he's going to be the child of Mary. Mary comes up, of course, in verse 18, that she's pledged to be married to Joseph. And uh, it, it has been revealed already to her that uh, this child is uh, through the Holy Spirit. Uh, but yet there's that um, scandalous thing that Joel was talking about earlier. Joseph seems to... Uh, assume the worst, that uh, Mary has been unfaithful to him, um, and he's considering uh, being, uh, uh, wanting to divorce her quietly. Um, you've, you've got in mind there uh, Deuteronomy chapter 24 that speaks about how a man can divorce uh, his wife. Um, the the uh, uh, Hebrew, the Israelite way of, of seeing things is that when a man is engaged uh, to a woman uh, that is already marriage, although uh, the marriage hasn't been consummated, uh, but he's thinking about uh, divorcing her. And then the angel of the Lord appears to him and tells him that Mary uh, has conceived this child uh, through the Holy Spirit um, and then uh, focuses in on his name, uh, will be Jesus, uh, because he will save his people from uh, their sins. And then, uh, the, and then Matthew uh, quotes uh, from the Old Testament uh, prophet Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 7, like John was saying, uh, this uh, direct messianic prophecy of the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Um, I think it's important uh, that Matthew, this is the first time that Matthew is quoting an Old Testament text. Uh, Matthew, of course, is known for quoting the Old Testament. This is the very first time that he does it. And he quotes this passage uh, that names the Messiah Emmanuel, God with us. At the end of his gospel, of course, he echoes that by quoting Jesus in the Great Commission. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. So it seems to me that the heart of this text, the thrust of this text, is that God is with us. That in this miraculous way, through a virgin birth, 
God becomes one of his own human beings. Uh, he enters this sinful world. And then the last paragraph of the text, of course, uh, is Joseph's response to that. And he seems very responsive to it. Uh, Joseph is portrayed as a good character uh, in this pericope. Uh, already at the beginning, he had been called uh, a righteous man. Uh, that, and the angel addresses him as the son of David. And he has this wonderful response to the angel's gospel message here. And he takes Mary home as his wife, uh, but does not consummate the marriage uh, until she gives birth uh, to that precious son. Yeah, thank you for highlighting those. Um, well, the Old Testament quotation, the first time in Matthew, the kind of, I suppose it forms kind of a bookend. Um, if you think of, surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age at the end of the gospel. Uh, so with us, Jesus, God himself being with us, coming across uh, strongly in, in this section. Um, well, uh, how would you, I think you, you're kind of pointing us in this direction already, Bill, but um, if you were to summarize for preachers, you know, what is the key core thought of this text? Um, how would you summarize it for them? We talk in homiletics class about propositional statement. You don't have to formally say it that way, but um, John, Joel, ideas, or how are you kind of thinking through this text and, and distilling the main point of it? Joel? Sure. I mean, just connecting, and I love the way that Bill tied it in with that last verse of, of Matthew, um, just to hone in on, on with and, and the importance of God's, God's presence. Maybe, and that's where, where the separation maybe from Christmas, right? Christmas is like, this is God. This is the incarnation of God. And here I'm focusing more on the Emmanuel, you know, just the, the with us aspect of it and what does god's presence mean for us not so much that jesus is god uh, but which will come up next week but the fact that he is that that with us aspect is is just um talking about the, the blessing of companionship talking about the being in the presence of someone else and and how that is such a huge huge concept throughout scripture of, of god's presence my presence will go with you um is is just something that I think I'll will float to the top. Okay, so yeah, the idea of God choosing to be with humanity, uh, so emphasizing that with aspect. Um, John, any additional thoughts? Yeah, I've, I've been kind of wrestling on on two different angles on on approaching this. The one kind of looking through Joseph's lens. As you know, you don't hear a whole lot about him in scripture, but but this this text you certainly do, you know. And and uh, you know, Bill mentioned the uh, uh, he's a righteous man. You know, he he wanted to do his right according to the law, and at the same time, he was compassionate. He he didn't want to expose her to public disgrace, so uh, looking to to divorce. And then the um, the angel one talking to him as the son of David, reminding him who who he was, telling him uh, God is with us, and that changes things. Uh, from the the scandal that it appeared to be to the miracle that that God had demonstrated that it that it was, and then of course Joseph, uh, empowered by uh, the message, uh, 
is obedient and, and he he takes her home. And then the other one was was kind of uh, more along the lines of what what Joel was talking about there with the um, being with us. You know, the idea. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of a good illustration. Uh, you know, when God when God shows up, when when the help arrives, uh, and you you certainly in the text you have uh, uh, the picture of of the Isaiah context where they needed help. Uh, God was the one who who provided the help that uh, Ahaz could never have, have brought. Uh, Joseph had a, uh, a lot of confusion and uh, um, problems in his life and this message of the angel, uh, but really those are minor problems compared to the problem of sin, which is why God made the promise, which is why God fulfilled the promise. Uh, Emmanuel came um, to be with us, to be our savior. Uh, yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and Bill? Uh, when we're forming a propositional statement for a sermon, of course, we always try to identify what the malady is in the text and then the cure that's presented. And it seemed to me as I was studying this text that the malady uh, seems to be uh, that Joseph uh, sees uh, uh marrying Mary as something that's going to bring him embarrassment. Um, so often I think we as Christians, as, as righteous people, you know, as, as children of God, uh, as Israelites uh, in the New Testament sense, uh, we, we, when, we're, when we're supposed to carry out our roles that God has given us, we sometimes see this as, as something embarrassing, as um, uh, maybe something isn't right here, and uh, I think Joseph, in a well-meaning way, is trying to do what's right and good, but he's underestimating what God does. This is a God who intervenes in human history. This is, this is a God, uh, you know, who has been with his people in the Garden of Eden. And, and despite the fact that they've rebelled against him, you know, he comes to be with his people again and again. And uh, Joseph's eyes just need to be widened to this fact that God can do the impossible. Uh, he probably has heard the rumor. Maybe Mary has told him already, this child is from the Holy Spirit, but he just can't accept that. I mean, that, that's just, that's too big of a thing for God to do that God would cause a virgin uh, to be with child. Um, and so uh, I think oftentimes when I'm telling students to discover what the malady is or to, to formulate what the proposition of the text is, is for them to identify with one of the characters. Um, and Joseph seems to be the character in this account that, that the Holy Spirit uh, through inspiration wants us to identify with. So to me, this is the problem that so often if, if we carry out our vocation in God's economy, then we're going to look foolish to the world. But we've got to have our eyes open to this fact that God is a God who does miracles, who intervenes. Great. Thank you. Uh, Joel? Uh, just as you were talking there, I, I wonder if a malady could almost be like, you know, we always talk about how difficult it is to rightly divide the word, to, the proper distinction between law and gospel. Was, was Joseph guilty of that? You mentioned earlier, you know, the Deuteronomy 24, I know the law. She was unfaithful. I'm going to divorce her. 
But then the, the angel reminds him of the gospel when he, even with the title, Son of David, hey, there's a promise here. And I wonder if that's our, could be a potential malady as well for us, that we, we pick and choose portions of God's word or we focus on one section of God's word when it's not the right, when it's not the right application for the situation at hand. And, and with our and, video legacy, we go to the law rather than... Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good thoughts. So, uh, so Joseph, as he thinks through this situation, uh, because he is righteous and upright, um, goes to what is the proper thing to do um, and loses sight of, could there be something bigger that God is doing here, something gracious, some intervention... God wanting to be with his people in this unprecedented way. Um, and it's happening right in front of him. But initially, Joseph at least misses that. Um, good. So textually expressing some uh, malady thoughts. And what about aspects of the gospel that you particularly want to bring out? I mean, I think we've kind of gone there already as we're thinking about the main thrust of the text. But um, uh, just to reinforce that idea, would you emphasize especially God wants to be with us um, and how would you relate that maybe to some of the other gospel thoughts in the text any ideas there yeah I, I think uh, looking at obviously the the God with us God came the you know he he uh, took flesh uh, in in the virgin's womb that is that is pure, shining, bright gospel. Um, and you might, you know, I was looking at, at, at breaking, you know, if I'm going with that, when God shows up, the, the first part, his messenger shares truth about the situation. And the fact that the fact that we have the message of truth, um, the angel came uh, and, and told Joseph what was going on and, and woke him up uh, out of his uh, uh, fear or uh concern his worry about the situation uh this is what god's really doing and and of course god has done the same to us with his word he he uh uh gives us the reality the messenger uh shares truth and then then the the second part you know god is with us to save um you're going to name him jesus uh because he will save his people from their sins not just not just from my embarrassment not just from um my my fear of doing the right thing uh, from all of my sins, Jesus comes to save. Yeah, great. Uh, Bill? And another thing I would say, too, is that notice that God is the doer. You know, God with us. We're the recipients. Um, and that God has planned this from eternity, that he foretells it 700 years before Jesus is born, that he sends Isaiah to Ahaz, that he sends his angel to um, to Joseph uh, with the news, you know, God is God's the doer. That that's part of the gospel. Great. Um, so we've got kind of textual thoughts regarding the law, textual thoughts regarding the gospel. I think you've got some guys have already floated some possibilities of sort of theme ideas or main main thoughts or main emphases in the text. Um, Joel brought up an interesting point earlier, uh, just referred to it. Um, Yeah, how do you preach this text without going right to Christmas? Um, Because it actually is an account of Jesus' birth that's included in Matthew's account here too. 
Um, but differentiating that between, uh, I think Joel, you had mentioned on Christmas, we focus on the incarnation, uh, maybe Luke's account of the nativity of Jesus, um, the, the theological truths, especially on Christmas Day of, of the Son of God becoming man and becoming incarnate. Um, were you suggesting, Joel, kind of here with this text, emphasizing more uh, this God wants to be with humanity, truth, uh, God with us? Um, and then I'll, yeah, ask Bill and John, too, how to distinguish this from a Christmas message. Joel? Yeah, I think that's probably where I would go. I, I would see, you know, Luke 2, for example, is the what. This is what happened. And it just goes through the story very descriptively. And this is maybe more the why of, of why it happened, because he will save people from their sins. And um, and so and then you can get into the love, you know, that that he, that we were the objects that he wanted to be with us uh, for that purpose. So I, I would maybe distinguish it between that, the what and the why. OK, that's helpful, I think. Um, what uh, other ideas Bill, John, any to help preachers in, um, I mean, Christmas crosses over here, and we've noticed that throughout the Advent season, and um, and that's good. We talk about the, the coming of our Savior in the flesh um, before we actually get to Christmas itself, but any other ideas about distinguishing Advent 4 from preaching on Christmas or Christmas Eve? Well, I would say that this text is more about what happens before Jesus is born. It's only the last couple of verses that report that he's actually born. So this is God's announcement to Joseph before the child is ever born. And um, uh, I'll go back to the, you know, it's a quotation from 700 years previously. So this is God's plan. It's not that it's uh, so much come to fulfillment, and that's the focus of the text, but rather God has planned this. Uh, Joel has really uh, pointed us in the direction of God wants this, but I guess I'd throw one more thing into the mix, that God can do this, that there's the power here, you know, for a child to be born just from a mother. You know, this, this is, this is um, uh, God's omnipotence also being proclaimed here. Mm -hmm. Good, good. And John? Yeah, and you, you couldn't hear me nodding in agreement with, you know, Bill's distinction there that it's uh, um, kind of leading up to the birth. It's, you know, you've got the prophecy, you've got the, the announcement to Joseph. And so I think that that takes a lot of the um, description in the sermon uh, that we're we're pointing ahead to this yet so it's we're, we're right at the doorway we're, we're getting ready to uh celebrate christmas and and yes as in every sermon um jesus fulfills it uh and and we're going to talk about that but i think i think the uh preliminary uh stuff is there that would get more of the attention today the um announcement to joseph the, the promise to isaiah Right. Lead it. What, what leads up to it. Yeah. Yep. And, and as Bill mentioned in the context of the Isaiah prophecy too, the plan um, reaching its culminating stages, um, focusing on that. Um, well, theme ideas that you're working with at this point, um, we've had some hints already, but uh, any to suggest or things to float out there to get preachers thinking 
as they put together a theme, key thought for the sermon? John? Yeah, so I, uh, I always come up with several and then shoot them down, but someone else might like one of the other ones. So, so the one thought, what's in a name, and then Emmanuel and Jesus as the two parts, uh, you know, God with us and, and the, the Savior. Uh, but I think the one I'm going with, uh, when God shows up, uh, the first part, his messenger shares truth about the situation. The second part, God's with us to save. Needs a little wordsmithing yet, but uh, um, I think just uh, playing off of that, the difference it makes uh, before it's revealed to Joseph what's actually happening. Um, and when we are kind of in the dark of, uh, of what's really going on and we forget about God's promises and, and his power that he demonstrates so so mind-blowingly here. Great. Uh, Joel, any ideas? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go somewhere along the line. Like like John, I, I float a few out there. Uh, one would be what well, was somewhat uh, suggested before, just almost preaching this as a first person from the v- viewpoint of Joseph. And so then you could, you know, that would have a whole do- different theme to it, you know. But if I'm just preaching it straight up, I'd probably go something with, like Emmanuel, uh, the mystery and the meaning are maybe would be how I would, I would break it up just to talk about the, the, that, that God can do this, the mystery, the, the awesomeness of the, the virgin birth, but then the meaning or the significance of what that is for our lives and how it equipped Joseph to do what God wanted him to do. Great, great. Good ideas. Um, yeah, you mentioned, guys mentioned Joseph. I, that reminds me of a sermon I heard years ago. Um, I th- believe it was on this text, but uh, Mary is sometimes known as the first disciple. I don't know if you've ever heard that, you know, because she is the one who, before any of the disciples that we know of, um, are called by Jesus. Mary is kind of the first one who has that contact with Jesus. So I heard a sermon based on this text, I think, uh, referring to Joseph as the second disciple. Um probably the least famous of all of them, but yeah, you can kind of bring out some of the the things that we mentioned earlier about uh, God, his power, his plan being revealed to Joseph, um, the meaning behind this, Emmanuel, he will save his people from their sins, Jesus. Um, yeah, right. I So I, what Joel said just made me think of that, that you could kind of focus in on the, the gospel of Jesus coming from Joseph's perspective, which is a sort of unique facet of this text too. I think this is kind of the most we hear about Joseph um, is from Matthew's gospel. And then we'll hear about him again, of course, in chapter two with the flight to Egypt. Um, I was looking back at my notes and and dealing with this text in years past. And I think I had as as a theme once something like Jesus interrupts um, and uh, kind of the idea from this text would be um, God comes in and interrupts Joseph's plan, his way of doing things. It's all nice and set. He's engaged to be married and everything is rolling along just fine. And then his fiance is with child and he knows he's not the father, you know, and then of course, working into that uh, idea of Jesus interrupting in the much, much bigger sense, this is God coming uh to be among his people, um, Emmanuel, God with us. Um, and then as some applications, I think I had as, um, or maybe as an introduction, 
um, Jesus interrupts. Um, we kind of get this Christmas routine down and the Christmas, it be, almost becomes a little bit of a grind, you know, just the stuff you've got to do and get done um, for everybody. But uh, let's have our eyes open to the fact that Jesus is still Emmanuel, God with us and interrupting some of that and, and not lose sight of that as we're ticking off the, the things on the to-do list. Um, and he's still coming. And this is a common Advent theme too. Jesus is among us, Emmanuel, um, in word and sacrament. Um, Joel, you mentioned the hymn, Peace Came to Earth. That has a stanza or two in there about Emmanuel with us uh, and bread and wine. He visits us again and things like that. So that's another idea, um, Jesus interrupting in the life of Joseph, um, in our lives too. Uh, any other ideas for themes, illustrations, applications um, that you're thinking about? A thought I had on application is, um, could you craft the sermon in such a way that you get everybody to think what their vocation in life is? What is their role in God's whole plan? Um, and this is family related because Joseph is going to marry Mary and then become the surrogate father. So is there something in your role as husband, as wife, as, as child, as whoever, um, where you have some uncertainty um, and you don't think that God can solve the problem that's, that's going on as you're carrying out your vocation? Uh, I have somebody uh, who I'm praying for right now and I think sometimes um, I don't, I, I almost go about my prayers as if God can't do what I'm asking for this person. And, you know, it's just, it's just my sinful limitation that I, I, I don't trust in God enough. I don't think that he's powerful enough to do the thing in this person's life that I'm asking him to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Something Joseph wrestled with too, at least initially before God clarified things for him. Um, other ideas, illustrations, applications, or other thoughts, Joel? I, I just did a, I, I used to serve at a church name Emmanuel. So it kind of made me curious of how many churches in our circles use that as their name and why. And um, so I did a little, filter of the the well statistical report and it's the fifth most popular name in wells wow um okay. whether it's emmanuel or emmanuel um i combine those both but uh but i you know it's kind of interesting to that it was one of the ones that floated unfortunately saying well no offense to any saint john's or saint paul's out there those are the number one <laughs> and number two but okay. <laughs> Um, well, but I, and that brings I, a, thing, a thought to mind, too, uh, along the lines of what Joel is saying, God with us. It's not just God with me, but the family of believers, you know, he's with us mm -hmm. as a church family. Yeah, right, right. No, that's a good, good bit of information that maybe you can use that um, um, this comforting truth, God with us, Emmanuel, um, yeah, beautiful name for your family of believers locally, uh, just to remember that God chooses in his grace to be with us, uh, not just in an, in an abstract way, but here the Son of God takes on flesh like ours and is among us and is still living and working among us even today. 
God with us. Yeah, beautiful central thought to round out this Advent season. So come Lord Jesus as Emmanuel. Any final thoughts, guys, um, before we wrap up here? John? Maybe just one other, you know, throw in that, you know, Bill had mentioned the uh, bookends of uh, uh, Surely I'm With You Always to the Very End of the Age. And I, uh, as he was speaking, I just thought, you know, Psalm 23 certainly fits in there nicely as, as well. Um, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Are with um, me. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So just that, that word uh, with um, uh, is just so packed with comfort um, that God wants to be here with us and indeed is in the flesh of his son. Um, all right. Well, preachers, God bless you as you, um, work during this busy season and as you craft a message for your people on the fourth Sunday in Advent. Uh, God be with you as you proclaim his gracious word. <laughs>